Hi, welcome to this Property Live podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor, coach and mentor. This week I'm flying solo. I thought that I would jump on and record a quick deal diary episode that I hope you find useful. I haven't recorded one of these for a while, so I thought you might find it interesting to hear about the kind of projects that we're currently working on. This particular deal is a great case study for anybody that would love to generate income from property but doesn't have a lot of money to invest. Apologies if you hear my dog scratching at the door halfway through this episode. I'm recording this episode while staying at one of our holiday let properties on the South Coast, and I think he was particularly keen to find out who I was talking to. Anyway, it feels a little odd to be introducing myself, so let's get straight into this Deal Diary episode. So the property I want to talk to you about today is a four-bedroom semi-detached new-build property in the East Midlands that we are operating as serviced accommodation. Um, The property is located on the outskirts of the city centre, so it's a great location, close to lots of transport links and kind of regional business hubs. There's a regional airport close by, so it's perfectly suited to the sort of contractor and families market. Um, It's a good size four bedroom property and it has a separate lounge to the kitchen diner area into which we've been able to put a sofa bed. So this property will actually sleep up to 10 guests quite comfortably. There is uh, driveway parking and also a private garden. So again, all of these things kind of tick the boxes when it comes to a contractor market who like to have their own space. They like to be able to park the vans within sight of the property, ideally off the street, and also have you know a bit of outside space that they can enjoy. And the same thing applies to the family market. So this particular property we've taken on as a rent to service accommodation project. So rent to service accommodation is essentially a rent to rent strategy where we we rent a property from a private landlord, paying them close to market rent every single month. But we then operate the property as a serviced accommodation unit. And this allows us to charge for the property and book the property out um, potentially by the night or at least for a minimum of two nights. Um, So basically on a short stay basis and we earn the difference between the income generated by renting the property for short stays and the, 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 the rent paid to the landlord and the other associated costs with running the property. So it can be a fantastic strategy um, to, particularly when you're getting started in service accommodation, it will help you scale without needing to invest um, the significant amounts of money that you would normally put into um, buying a property in an area. It's also a great way to test the concept, test the demand for service accommodation in your area before laying down roots and buying an asset yourself. So it's it's a really, really good strategy um, for, for people to sort of dip their toe into service accommodation, uh, get their system set up and, uh, that, you know, all of those moving pieces that go into making a service accommodation business really fly. So in terms of how we source this property, we actually source this one direct to landlord. Um, It came through networking actually with um, other investors. So it was an investor that we have got to know who is um, using a similar model of service accommodation in another area of the country. 
um, who is uh, renting a property from a landlord in that area and, um, and, and found out that this particular landlord was, was purchasing a property in an area where we already operate. And so um, put us in touch um, and for a small sourcing fee, um, we were able to take this, this property on. So again, it just shows the power of networking, um, particularly with other people within the industry um, and just talking to people because that's where you're going to uncover these opportunities. You never know um, what direction these conversations are going to take. So we source this property direct to landlord. The landlord is looking to be totally hands off with this investment, which suits our model perfectly. Um, so hands off, in fact, that um, that when we actually met the landlord to collect the keys, it was only half an hour after they'd picked up the keys themselves to the property. As I said, it's a brand new new, new build. They're still actually um, you know, building some of the houses in this development. Um, and so it really was uh, a hands-off situation. They handed over the keys and, um, you know, essentially they receive their rent every month and we are able to then um, market and uh, utilise the property for our service accommodation business as we see fit, which is great. So, as I said, in terms of configuration and location, it's ideal for contractors and also the family market. We actually have a number of other service accommodation units in this area. So we'd already done the due diligence piece around who are the big employers in the area? What reasons do people have for coming to that particular area on a short stay basis? The one thing I think we were probably lacking in our portfolio within that uh, within that area, within that patch, is a slightly larger property the good thing about larger properties from a serviced accommodation perspective is there is the potential for higher profit margins and that's because the flexibility of the space allows you to accommodate more guests at the property charge a premium above your base rate for the additional guests that are going to stay so let's say for example you have a base rate that you charge up to four guests we would then charge an additional nightly premium for every guest above that number, um, which is great because although there are increased costs to us to have more people stay at the property, they don't tend to be proportional to the number of guests. So there are economies of scale when it comes to our costs, which helps us to increase our profit margin. So this was a little bit of a, a, an experiment for us to add a slightly larger property to uh, to our portfolio where at the moment we have largely one and two bedroom particularly two bedroom units in that area so i mentioned at the beginning about the the beauty of the rent to sa strategy is the the low setup costs so this particular property um, is a great example um, all we've really paid to get into this deal and get this property set up and generating monthly income is the sourcing fee that we pay to the investor that brought us the deal and the cost of a deep clean um, to, to, to make sure that the property is absolutely immaculate and ready to receive guests and the cost of professional photography so that we can list the property on our own website and also on all of the online travel agent websites. So all in all, we were looking at about 2,300 to 2,500 pounds that <clears throat> it cost us to get into this deal. And so really, you can see really, really low cost of entry to get this property up and running. 
I've spoken many times on this podcast. Those of you that know me outside the podcast will know that um, serviced accommodation is our sort of uh, specialist strategy. And I'm always keen to impress on anybody that's looking to get into this strategy that it is, uh, it is not a hands-off strategy. Um, there are a lot of moving pieces. There is a lot of work involved, particularly when you're starting out and particularly if you are looking to build your own systems with a view to self-managing and building your own portfolio. Obviously, you can. There are plenty of companies out there that will manage um, properties on your behalf as serviced accommodation units. Um, but, it, but it is not in any way a passive strategy there's a lot of work involved but having said that the the potential returns are significant the reason i wanted to um to talk to you about this particular deal is this is one that's a little bit further down the road for us and we've been operating for a while now we have um, quite a considerable portfolio in this area and as a result we've built our systems and we've built our team so from my perspective as the investor it was actually a very hands-off process um, to set up and launch this this particular property because we have a team who are now um, trained and experienced in the setup process. They know exactly what they're doing. And the property was turned around and made live for bookings within about two weeks, maximum two weeks, actually. And I had very little to do with it. In fact, um, after picking up the keys from the landlord and meeting the landlord for the first time, I didn't see the property again, um, you know, before before that point and it actually going live and it, and it starting to generate income. So it was completely hands off because um, once you get to that point where your systems are up and running, um, and uh, you've automated a lot of those processes and you're potentially utilizing whether it's VAs or members of staff who are trained to, um, to set up these units for you, then not only is it a low cost of entry, but you can get these, these properties up and running and generating income with, with uh, very little effort and, and in a short space of time. So on top of the so in terms of the the setup costs as i mentioned two and a half thousand let's say uh, for ease of numbers to get into this deal um we obviously needed to it came uh, unfurnished uh, brand new property unfurnished so we obviously needed to furnish the property which in theory could be uh, you know a fairly chunky cost that you would need to add to to the setup but we are actually leasing the furniture for this property so this is another reason i wanted to talk to you about this particular project to show you what's possible in terms of getting up and running um, at a low entry point low cost entry point and building some of those costs into the cash flow of the property itself so the property is paying for its own setup in a sense so we leased all the furniture so there are companies out there that will provide furniture packs um, specifically for serviced accommodation properties and we then switched that the cost of that furniture back onto a monthly lease payment, which is now just built into our monthly costs and is covered by the income generated by the property. So it's a great way, if you don't have a lot of money to throw at your first deal, to be able to get the property to essentially pay for itself. 
we have a pretty good understanding now of our target market, what the needs of that target market are. So we were able to configure the space to suit those needs. We made good use of um, what are called zip and link beds in this particular property. So a zip and link bed, if you've not come across these before, is a a bed that um, is essentially can, can either be separated to form two single beds or joined together with a mattress that actually zips to connect it to form a, a double bed. So this allows us to be really flexible around family configurations or the number of contractors that, that might stay at the property. The other important needs of this particular target market is parking. So it was it was an absolute joy that this parking comes that, that this property sorry comes with driveway parking because that's really important particularly for the contractor market. Um, we know that sort of tool theft from contractor vans is a big issue. So it's really important if you want to attract contractors that you've got uh, access to private parking or secure parking, if at all possible. The outside space is fantastic. It's got an enclosed rear garden and we're able to put some, some garden furniture out as well, um, which appeals to the family market, but also contractors getting back from work at the end of a long, <coughs> long day. The ability to have an outside space is, is fabulous. That's why we really like serviced houses. Um, we do have apartments as well, but houses are great because they tend to come with that outside space. And I think that COVID in particular um, really highlighted to a lot of us how much we value that outside space. And it's not something that you always have access to when you travel away for work. So it's a real, real bonus if you can offer that. The other thing is accessibility, uh, particularly for, again, the contractor market and working stays. So um, this is a nice, quiet, new build development, but it's really close to local transport links. It's a short drive to... Um, to, to a, a, um, a junction on, on one of the main uh, motorways. So it's a, it's a great hub from which to base themselves. Contractors sometimes don't want to be located right in the centre of a city, for example, where they've got to negotiate you know, a complex road network and parking is tricky. Um, so just being on the outskirts of the city centre, um, uh, so close to all those, that sort of infrastructure is a real bonus when it comes to um, the contractor market. So that's fantastic. So... We launched this particular unit, as we said, we got it up and running pretty quick. we, quickly. We launched in the autumn of 2021, so just a few months ago. To be honest, it was quite quiet to start off with um, in terms of bookings during the winter months. Obviously, it's a challenging time to launch any serviced accommodation property because um, although we are looking at uh, contractors and working stays as our principal target market, it still can be, um, you know, slightly seasonal um, and slightly quieter during those months. So it's a little bit quiet. Um, also, I think when you have larger properties that you're operating as serviced accommodation, um, they follow a slightly different pattern of bookings because obviously the price point means that you are unlikely to attract certainly individual travelers or even couples and smaller groups. Um, so sometimes um, it takes a while for that particular property to get traction, but then suddenly you'll get a big group of contractors or, you know, family stays that are, that are looking for that larger property and you can get big chunky bookings that sort of make up for that. 
Um, and that's exactly the pattern that this, this property has, has followed. So although it was quiet um, during the winter months, um, it generally did enough to pretty much wash its face and cover costs um through through the depths of winter as it were so um we had enough reason to sort of hang on to this property the beauty of of, of rent to sa as well by the way is that um it's a lot more flexible um than obviously making that massive commitment of buying a property in an area so we generally have six month get out clauses written into our company lets uh, at company let agreements so that if for any reason um, we've misjudged the market or the property isn't performing the way that we would like it to, we have the opportunity to exit and, and hand the property back to the landlord, um, you know, with, with, with no penalty or anything like that. So it gives you that flexibility to sort of test the market, test the property um, without feeling like you're committed on, on a really long term basis. But we had enough reason that the bookings were, although slightly slow, were encouraging enough. They covered the costs um, to uh, to give us a good reason to sort of push this one through into the spring and summer and see how it would perform. It took a little bit of a while, uh, a while actually to get our pricing strategy right for this one. So, again, um, pricing strategy is something that you will constantly be evolving and modifying. There are lots of different factors that go into how you decide to price your nightly rates and what you decide to offer in terms of long term stay discounts for your service to combination properties. Being a slightly larger property um, and launching in the, the quieter period, sort of November, December, January, um, obviously we wanted to encourage bookings as much as possible, particularly so that we can get those all important reviews coming in for the property, which is only going to boost its visibility on the online travel agents. The challenge is, though, if you drop the nightly rate too far on a larger property, you leave yourself quite open to party-like activity because obviously the property does potentially accommodate quite a high number of people. If you make the price point too low, then it potentially puts it under the nose of uh, a group of people who might be looking to uh, abuse your terms and conditions, for want of a better term, and, and actually you know fill the property with a lot of people who are looking to have a bit of a party, just pay a few quid each to book the property. So we need to be careful with the price point on that. We, we do have a lot of um, other systems that we use to vet our guests um, and to make sure that uh, we do everything we possibly can to identify party type app activity where possible. Because we we're keen to avoid that because it tends to create a lot of wear and tear and potentially damage at the property. And not only that, it can potentially upset the neighbours. And it's really important that we keep the neighbours on side. So we have lots of systems that enable us to sort of identify or raise red flags um, when we think there might be a, a party being planned at the property. But uh, a lot of this came down to our strategy with regards to pricing and also the minimum night stay, um, which if you've got you know a short minimum night stay, particularly over the weekends, can again um, uh, potentially cause you to fall foul of, of, of party-like activity. So it took us a while to get the right balance here in terms of encouraging those all-important bookings when you first launched a property to cover the costs, um, but not drop it so far that, that actually people abuse that situation. So as I said, uh, for the first few months, it ticked along and it covered its costs, which was great. So, um, you know, we, we didn't have to worry about it on that sense. But over the last couple of weeks, we have recently secured a contractor booking 
for six months. So it's a group of contractors working on projects in the area, exactly the target market that we had identified for this particular property. They've booked the property for six month, for a six month period with the potential to extend. And the booking value is just over £4,000 per month for this particular property. £4,000 a month in gross income. So that equates to approximately £2,250 net income from the property. So that's obviously a fantastic result. Um, so our cost, our monthly costs, they would involve the rent that's paid to the landlord. So we, we pay £1,000 per month of rent to the landlord. Um, and we also, obviously, a service accommodation, we are all bills included. So we've given ourselves a little bit of a uh, stretch in the elastic there, because obviously we all know that um, fuel costs are increasing, et cetera. So we've been quite conservative on our estimates of what it's going to cost to run the property on a monthly basis as we get into the high season. But we've essentially got rent paid to the landlord, utility costs, internet, um, the cost of the furniture lease, and obviously council tax or business rates, depending on what you're paying on the property. So all told for this property, it costs us about £1,750 to run this property on a monthly basis on average. So a four, just over £4,000 a month booking creates a, a, a fabulous net cash flow of £2,250 a month. So just to put that into context, the first the net profit from our first month of accommodating this booking is going to pay for pretty much all of the costs that we incurred to set up this property in the first place. So if you remember, it was a very low cost of entry point. All we really had to pay for was the cost of um, the sourcing fee and um, a, um, a deep clean and the professional photography at this particular property so the first month's net cash flow will will cover that which is fantastic and everything thereon will generate profit for for the property and make up for that slightly slower season and obviously it's validation for us as well that the target market that we had identified for this property um is is exactly um you know is exactly what people are looking for the other beauty of this particular booking is um, this booking is a direct booking. So um, we were able to source this booking for a, a, a corporate company that are looking to place contracts for, for, for contractors working in the area. So this booking comes in uh, direct to us and is therefore commission free. Um, we're not paying that the, the sort of the 15, 18% commission that you would pay, you would expect to pay to booking.com or Airbnb, et cetera. This has come direct to our team. So fantastic result for that property, £2,250 a month net cash flow for the next six months. And I would hope that moving forwards from that, we'll be able to tap into a similar market and, and this, this, uh, this property will go from strength to strength. So I hope you found that useful and interesting to listen to. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this particular project 
Um, we do have a lot of projects that are uh, where we purchase the property, buy, refurbish, refinance to SA. We're also working on a big um, apart hotel development where we are turning a nine bedroom guest house into a 17 unit apart hotel. So I may well jump back on and record an episode, a bit of a case study on that one. Um, but I know that rent to SA is an interesting strategy for a lot of people starting out in property, a lot of people starting out in serviced accommodation because of the low cost of entry, because the fact that you don't necessarily need to have any other uh, any previous property experience, uh, certainly from a construction or refurbishment point of view. So it's a great strategy if you want to get started. And the most important thing, and I hope this message has come across in this episode, it's all about your target market. It's all about what is the demand for short stay accommodation in your area. So it's not just a case of just finding a property for rent on right move and that's got a few bedrooms and automatically assuming that that is going to work for serviced accommodation. There's a lot of due diligence that goes into researching the area, understanding your target market, understanding your competition, what the competition are doing. Um, and therefore analysing whether or not that particular deal, that particular project is going to stack up from a cash flow perspective. So I hope you found that useful. I hope you found that an interesting case study. Um, and I will um, I will post more deal diaries as, as, as projects come online over the next few weeks and months. Take care. Bye-bye. I really hope that you found that deal diary useful. I know that I always take so many learnings myself from any opportunity to have the lid lifted on a project by other investors. So I hope you feel the same way. Please like and share the podcast and let us know if you would like to hear more of this kind of content. You can also get to know us all even better over on Facebook at the Property Wealth System community. And did you know that Property Wealth System also has a YouTube channel? That's right. If you head on over to YouTube and search for Property Wealth System, you will realize that I certainly have a face for podcasts. But more importantly, there is a whole host of amazing free content on there, including tips and advice from experienced investors, real life project walkthroughs and up to the day, up to date property news. That is a must watch if you have an interest in property and property investing. So go over to YouTube and check it out and give us a follow. Thanks again for listening to me today and I will catch you on the next episode.